time for the AltaCast. It's high noon here at Mutiny Radio. High noon. High noon. Uh, the Glasgow reading with the Scottish poets and more is going to be coming up in moments as I'm hooking up the Zoom. Zoom, a zoom, zoom, and a boom, boom. Shake your poetry, baby. It's the choose poetry, choose life. Reading. There's everybody. I only seem to remember the town of Leeds, <laughs> but I know there's there's people from all over, like the English countryside and everywhere else. Also, some United States poets zoom in. I've got some stuff to read today. I'm excited. And as always, in the fills, we're going to be listening to the Japanese Bjork, Kope. She's awesome. And uh, hey, it's, it's going to start up. Other things happening here at Mutiny Radio every Friday at 7 o'clock. We have an outdoor show. Uh, everybody is safe and they keep their distance from one another. Six feet in the street. We turn our little PA outside. And from six, I mean from six, from seven to eight, we do clean comedy for the neighbors. Uh, don't come here and gather. But if you live in the neighborhood, please don't gather. Uh, just hang out and listen to us. It's, everything's going to be okay. Or it's not. I don't know. I, <laughs> I spoke with someone last night who doesn't believe in climate change, and I was like, is that still possible? I thought that sometimes I forget that I live in San Francisco and um, that we're a bubble of progressive thought. And uh, I think the words he used were liberal drivel, which uh, are, it's kind of hard to say. Even harder to say is leftist drivel. I was thinking about putting it in a poem leftist drivel but it's really hard to say and just doesn't roll off the tongue right all right thanks again to aaron gannon and andy talbot of glasgow scotland and choose poetry choose life reading is going to be coming up in just a sec listening to Mutiny Radio here in .sf and .fm. Oops, said that wrong. You're listening to Mutiny Radio .fm in .sf, and I am here with the Choose Poetry, Choose Life crew. We're going to get started with that in so many seconds. They're all sharing things to each other on the 
I love these Zoom calls, man. It has been, I can't, I can barely express to you how these Zoom calls are like sort of changing my perspective on technology. I've always been such a Luddite and I don't believe in this and I'm like, everything should be human connection. And, and there actually is human connection that can be derived through these crazy Zoom things, y'all, I am. Let's see, is that gonna be a good view? And I'm learning how to, how to sort of make the camera be semi-flattering for my roundy round face. Um, oh, it's just about, oh, there we go. I feel like I'm in the wild using sticks and twigs to make the right, okay. That's not a bad, there, that's not a bad view of me. Okay, wow, look at me be a narcissist on even here on camera. Uh, all right, choose poetry, choose life, coming up, everybody. Let's see, let's see, let's check in on them. Let's see where they are. Let's check in on them, let's hear them. <laughs> there they are. Can I uh, get a sound check from y'all, like a sort of a ha-ha or a yell-yell or a talk like a normal? Hi, this is, this is Ken talking. Perfect. Oh, there we go. Perfect. Yes, 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 Y-E-S. We are good. We are good on the sound. I'm excited about that. How are we doing on the countdown? How much time do we have, Andy, till we get started so I can kind of play some? Oh, you're... I'm good to go now. Whole new outfit, whole new camera angle. Whole new pants. This whole thing is new. You're like he's like the uh, he's like the happy frog of poetry here. He's like the Santa happy frog. Like you're in this like cool position. I'm digging this one. This feels like a performance. Ah yes. So cool. Basically, the um the whole the thing that I'm sitting on. Um, I was informed by Ken that um every seat that I've sat on during um any performance has been some kind of noisy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh. creakings like old ships. Well, now it's some kind of wonderful. This is. I finally changed it, and apparently, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping this one isn't noisy. But please this... let me know. No, it's fine, but it makes it look like a pixie sitting on a mushroom. <laughs> this is working <laughs> on so <laughs> many levels. Can that be a good thing? It's a great thing. The shadows are great. Very, very yeah. dramatic lighting. Yeah, I'm feeling the lighting, to be fair. It's quite nice, isn't it? It's, it's yeah. great. The lighting, the shadows. This is, I feel like we're like conjuring sort of a different, more performative, a more performative day, a more performative poetry. I'm feeling, I'm feeling the performance vibes because of the lighting and the outfit and the new body language. Cool. I'll, um, I'll, I'll come clean about it all. I literally got changed in five minutes and just turned all the lights on and just sat down. <laughs> oh, no, it's a complete, it's a complete fluke. So, yeah, we'll be, we'll be back to normal shit lightning next week. Um, <laughs> well, it's radio yeah. anyway. Yeah, exactly. Face, face for radio right here. Something slightly Vivian Stanchel-esque about it. <laughs> I'm digging that vibe. Mm. I would like right, to just... like the more flattering light in myself, though. Actually, see what Alan's doing. Right, should we just dive into it then and yeah. crack on? Cool. Um, so, hello everyone. As you know, oh. this is Choose Poetry, Choose Life. Hi. Um, 
Yeah, so I'll go through the rules that most, I think everyone knows by now, basically. To put it simply, don't be a dick. Um, oh, well, five and five, two. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to log off myself. Um, no, just... Um, I'll introduce you, give you pronouns. Um, don't talk down. I'm stealing that one from Allographic. Um, no hate play. speech. Yeah, Allographic is amazing. Um, yeah, check out Allographic. That that they are fantastic, fantastic people. I'd um, love to check out your poetry book because I can't because it's sold out. Sold out. <laughs> sold out. Amazing. I um. I haven't got anything official yet, but. It might be sold out for now. Oh! We might be going to more copies, yeah? Ooh. We might be going to more slightly different oh. copies. Ooh. Yeah. Second um, yeah, second Yeah, second, yeah. So, it's like, it's not definitely happening, but I've, I've sent some more stuff over to Mark um, at Analog, and we'll see, see what he thinks and go from there. But, yeah, that... Thanks to anyone who bought it and anyone who shared it. Like crazy, last the last one took ten months to sell out. This one took two days. <laughs> crazy, amazing, madness. Yeah. Anyway, this isn't about me. This is about everyone. So let's let's get on with it. Let's go straight to Shani. Hi. Thanks for joining us again. Thank you, uh, thank you, Happy Frog of Poetry for having me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I'm just going to read two newish ones tonight. And the first one is... Before you start, sorry. Um, are you okay with everyone? Are we okay tonight if we leave everyone unmuted and then obviously be silent when someone's speaking, but then react? Is that, is that okay with That's yeah, okay with everyone? Me. Sweet, cool. Yeah, sorry, Shani, go ahead. All right, I'm Shani. I think most of you know me by now. I'm she, she her are my pronouns. Um, and I'm really into trees, uh, which okay. if you follow me on Twitter, you'll know. Um, so I'm writing a dissertation about trees and elegy, um, which sounds very nerdy and, and it is, uh, hmm. which also means I've been spending a lot of time hanging around the cemetery, looking at yew trees. So um, I've been thinking about the way that trees are usually depicted in poetry as kind of reflecting something about human relationships. So I wrote a poem called Ode to You. I hold my hands up. I'm no stranger to dark places. But here, obscured by you, spider branches, dragon bristle, cling of mist, a clammy shimmer, I thrill at your glower, seek your shadow on bright days. Nice one. <laughs> it's much nicer to hear the applause instead of seeing the little hand clap. Yeah. Um, so the second one uh, is was inspired by me thinking about the phrase significant other to refer to partners, but I thought that in our lives there are a lot of significant others, like that we have we have lots of those. Um, and that what we make of each other is, is largely based on 
what we think. Uh, so this is significant other. What I make of you is finger forged, is rough hewn, splintered, clay smooth, smearing, the jagged constellation of a torn page, its cutting edge a nest of fibres, its pencil rubs a palimpsest of obscured love. What you mean to me beneath these words, I couldn't say. But this reliquary lingers in the daubs of ink-marked fingers. Mm. What I mean is, you signify. Mm. Thank you very much. Beautiful. Wonderful. Thank you. That was awesome. Thank you. So, I'm just going to check who's here because I don't think the next person's here. That's the only bad thing about this seat. I have to like step forward and yeah, it's a, it's a work in progress. We'll get there. It adds drama. Yeah, right. <laughs> I've I've only done like fifty Zoom things. I should have it nailed by now. Um. Okay. So, Flavius, are you good to go? All good. Cool. Uh, would you give me a time though? Like, how many minutes am I allowed to? Um, just do like five, six minutes. We're not going to stop five, you though, so don't, don't worry. Mm. Is that cool? Yeah. Uh, I guess I'll start with a short for my robes, inspired by the myth of Icarus. Icarian paradoxes torment my soul with the force of a million souls that fall into the Martian day glass. As sand turns into energetic fuel that powers the gears of my mind and turns on the mechanical parts of my imaginative clockwork heart that acts as a massive womb for deadly emotions and cordial art. I shall use cesarean section to give the world this abstract Cataphract verses that run rampant, rampant across the reader's malleable mind. Yet I am afraid of losing sparks by gifting them away to no one. These verses conjure the dilemmas into the world that resides in my funny, disturbed mind. Dilemmas that travel my spine as if they were a lethal injection that disabled my fingers for life as if the syringe had been filled with a lyrical venom extracted from a poet's inky steam. I release in verse the hate branded on me by muses that have bathed in the blood of emotional butterflies that had their wings cut and are doomed to be icon. Thank you. Quite a quite have a you, weird structure. Yeah. Have you got any more that you would like to do, or? Of course, if you let me. Yeah, go for it. This is somewhat of a dream poem, although I was dreaming while I was awake. So, an imbecile soul traversing a sea of cerulean beasts in a broken desert, 
at the mercy of waves colliding with the walls of the wooden tomb, navigating in peril towards uncharted waters between uncharted lands. My spirit walks on water, but my body drowns in the colorless liquid. Home upon the ocean's surface, engulfing my phantom's feet. The atmosphere is plagued by grey cotton tails that swirl and form gigantic water-filled blankets that hide the amber lamp. Sharks encircle my perimeter and sing in ancient pentameters. I relinquish my breath and sink my eyes into the vital sound while my ears gaze upon the cotton rails of the dome which act as train tracks for precipitating rivers of droplets that fall upon my abstract skull and cover my lips in hieroglyph. Whirlpools blow my body in all cardinal directions, dismembering my fleshy vessel into several pieces. My head flies north while my arms go east and west. My legs become tangled and rush towards the south. My chest remains at the center of the seven seas, pumping blood all over these thinned aquatic things, while ocean waves burst away from my inner core, and all the red tributaries turn into sodium moana. The waters become turbulent and moan at the sides of this horrible demise caused by the winds of the Lord that dragged my body parts with the force of the poor anemoi, while Fujin turned my thorax into a saline fountain. My spectre shivers in trauma after witnessing the obliteration of its material earthborn dwelling, after which my pleura evaporates towards the skies and my bronchi commands to unwind from distress. The realization comes to the mind and never leaves. I have become once and forever free of the chains of my arterial domains. Now I will circumnavigate the lands, seas, and skies for an ending age. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so next we're going to go to Beth. Oh. You're muted, love. Yes. Oh. There we go. Thank you. I muted myself because I was rattling about, so I. So then I can't. You can't undo it once you've done that. Oh. Um. I've got a couple of uh, short pieces. Both of these. Neither of these have titles actually. Right now, I'm having a titling crisis, as per. Um, yeah, so here's the first one. History isn't fixed. Too often it stands on the shifting ground of broken, stolen bodies, covered by the rich earth of victory. Good ground promotes growth, and that is not restricted to whatever we know now. Growth allows for roots to spread for branches prune and fruit to form. Growth is understanding that what is seen is never everything, that earth may shift, expelling hidden truths, an arm, a heart, 
some broken bones. History isn't fixed. It was made as now is formed, in the hands and minds of people. It is the victors who write history and force it into fact. But those hands and minds are waiting in earth that lies, uneasy with new facts. We never held the high ground. We just got used to coming out on top. Blimey, I wasn't expecting that. Good, 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 good. Yeah. Uh, thanks. I wasn't quite expecting that reaction, but still. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, I think it might be called Supreme. Because I think supremacy would be too obvious. <clears throat> um, I've been doing uh, a weekly write club with some folks. Well, they're all over the place, actually. It's the guy who runs it is up in Peterborough, which is not too far from me. Um, but the rest of us come from all over the place, including a large cohort from the Isle of Man. Uh, pe pe people, I know, people in London, people all people all over the place. Um, Every uh, week we have a theme, so it's it's bright and early, 9.30 on a Monday morning, writing exercises and theme and goals for your week. It's been helping me a lot in lockdown, keep uh, some focus. Uh, last week's theme was lighthouse. Um, I've had a, a lighthouse thing with my mum now for about 20 years. This doesn't have a title either right now. Standing shoreside, taller than myself, I can see but not move. Rocks bind my feet, helpless in daylight but still visible. I am the warning, waiting for the dark. Once you gave me a lighthouse. You said so I would always see the way and since like its reaching arm, we send back and forth this signal that is itself a signal. You have long lit the way, your lights showing far beyond the shore, showing up the rubble and debris, continuing true. So this is our sign now, a beam on the waters, still or blown by wind and wisdom, trading our light and dark always searching brighter ways. Mm. Just sorry, I'm I'm reading off the laptop tonight because because I was typing up before I came. So just sorry, it's just misbehaving a little bit. It's all good. Also, I can't see past the can't see the screen past the glare on my glasses. I was about to take my glasses off and I can't run on the screen. This yeah, this is called fourth shift. It seems uh, seems I wrote, I wrote it a couple of years ago, but it seems timely at the moment. Mm. Went out today, did my job, made the pace, 
the kitty wasn't full, so I bit back, as I had to say. Came home again, brought in laundry from gathering rain, made a meal, made a home. You do this too, seems to be the refrain. Carried a job, carried a home, carried a child. Under my heart, under my skin, feel all the trouble now, trouble now. try to heal all that gets in. I did all the work set, was ready to rest. But now it seems I am responsible for everything morally reprehensible. These four shifts have left me washed up, restless in the small hours of the morning. You thought you could break me, my back too narrow to carry all the labours you place. This fourth shift, the final drift, boxing me in. We were simultaneously too much and not enough. Any rise we made must have been thrust upon us. If we are less, it is because you could not stand them all. Short skirts, not hard work, low cut, still high stakes. More for us doesn't mean less for you. If we are weaker, it is because you made us pliant with dark words, unsolicited touch after unsolicited touch, slowly eroding like water over stone, thinned by repeated erasure from the records that you forgot, that resistance builds strength, that frustration can fuel concentration, that we have owned the watch you gave us that you thought was a joke, thought nobody would want. We have watched the night turn, and now it's our turn. We have become the wires that will connect and keep us charged. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Beth. Thank you, love. <laughs> Thanks, Sam. <laughs> right, cool. Um, so Andrew's going to be up next and going to share screen. So uh, please call me out. silly. I uh, can't stand that. Sorry. I, I did. No. <laughs> it's the only place. I can't stand me either. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, hello. <clears throat> right, uh, last week I had to leave a bit early because my kids wanted to play games. Um, uh, but I remember that last week there was a complaint by someone about um, some rude words or something. Uh, and so oh, I, yeah. I promised <laughs> that I would do uh, my, only, my only rude worded. Uh, poem. This is the only one I've got that contains any uh, naughty words. It's only one, so you'll skip by it pretty fast. Whenever I uh, I do this, I always go through the uh, the usual vetting of um, people saying it's got nothing to do with it's got nothing to do with you know uh, it's not racist, it's not sexist. I say no, 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 no. But what it is is um, uh, it's basically um, uh, blasphemy uh, and pornography. Enjoy. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. From all you people who enjoy your uh, your your pornography with a touch of uh, biblical biblical uh, biblical knowings. So here we go. And this one is called the Randy Pander. Apologies. Apologies. Many years ago, at the dawn of man, a chap called Noah was given a plan to build a boat like a massive zoo and collect each animal two by two before the rain clouds got dark and dreary and folk had heard of Darwin's theory. 
With the maker's help and some true grit, Noah filled his vessel up each cubit with the finest species of every breed, of the passive sort, without the need, to eat each other or had violent views, the last thing you need on a long-haul cruise. So when the rain started and wouldn't stop, for forty days straight hiding each hilltop, the ark sailed upward and well out of range of all of those who denied climate change, till finally the cloud fled the skies. Noah checked the return journey supplies. The hay, straw and grain stores were all stocked good and a surplus fund of unicorn food. Yet the bamboo stock was nearly all gone. Somehow Noah's maths had clearly gone wrong. So he swapped the bamboo for sugar cane, as in the poor light it looked much the same. The elephants, wolves and bats were asleep, as were the tigers and lizards and sheep. Even the ostrich, a chronic non-sleeper, had closed for a doze each gigantic peeper. There was only one stable with twitching inside. The eyes of the panda were open and wide. Munching on sugar had served him a rush of blood to his head as he ate with a hush. His bamboo diet had now been replaced with new desires and a smile on his face. Desires that pandas don't normally get, leading to actions that none would forget. He shagged a shaggy bison against a red ant hill, then hopped a two-hunt camel, then drilled a blue mandil, then stiffed a massive mastiff, then cocked a cockatiel, had a foursome with an elk, a deer, and a basking seal. What a very randy panda. Made whoopee with a wombat, and then rogered a raccoon, had hanky panky scampy and then buggered a baboon, had crumpet with a limpet and then swived a golden eagle, had coitus with a toitus and then a pocket beagle, what a very <laughs> randy panda. Rumpy pumpy with a monkey and then jumped a kangaroo, got linked up with a lynx cat and then bopped a caribou, hit salami on safari with a giraffe and red gazelle, topped a timid turtle till she came out of her shell, what a very <laughs> randy panda. Had a bit of how's your father with a hefty Guernsey heifer, Fucked a duck and sucked a buck very nearly both together. Got jiggy, <laughs> jiggy and then doggy with a dog. Had nookie with a turkey and went frigging with a frog. What a very randy panda. Knee trembled with a tiger and then goosed a juicy goose. Shagged a shag, bagged a stag, got mucky with a moose. Copulated with a cobra and hooked up with a yak. Bonked a bat, plugged a cat, messed up a macaque. What a very randy panda. Got nasty with a grizzly and then glazed a polar bear. Got horny with a rhino and chuff combed an arctic hare. Had a quickie with a bunny and got foxy with a fox. Bed jogging with a weasel and tail nobbing with an ox. What a very randy panda. Had vulture karma sutra and then got off with a goat. Quim wedged with a quetzal and then his oat sewed with a stoat. Back scuttled with a cuttlefish and pressed flesh on a parrot. Pricked a hedgehog carefully and then up dicked a ferret. What a very randy panda. Went hoistering the vein sail with a common mole, introduced his Asian willy to an European vole, front loaded with a rodent, went cleaving with a beaver, joust his jizzy javelin in a Labrador retriever. What a panda. <laughs> and lastly, screwing off the tail of a salamander, he felt at last he'd had enough this now quite knackered panda. His only part, not black and white, was now a tender red, and so he limped back to his mate who was asleep in bed. Meanwhile, old Noah had seen sight of land. The dove and the raven had both lent a hand and moored the ark on some dry habitat. Some called it Judy and some Ararat. The doors opened wide and animals headed back to the land, but some walking bow-legged. <laughs> the rainbow above him meant Noah could see each species adjusting from captivity. 
a dazzling colours but strain on his eyes as black and white creatures materialised. <laughs> a zebra, a badger, a Bengal white tiger were all news to Noah, the deluge survivor. The nest of the parrot was now full of puffins. The squirrel's babies caused terrible huffins. A Dalmatian dog, a black and white cow, a penguin, an orca. But how? Bloody how? So Noah said, sod it, and instead just got drunk, ignoring it all like the smell of that skunk. Now as for the panda, he found more bamboo, and as far as sex went, had now left to do. And pandas today, well, they still don't do much. Sleep and eat bamboo and stay in their hutch. But don't be too harsh. No panda nagging. You'd be quite tired after all of that shagging. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. Disgusting. You're all dirty, foul mouthed. I hope you uh, turn that off on your daughter's That was that's my favourite poem. <laughs> awesome. I thought Ken was gonna explode. <laughs> There's some gorgeous that, word playing there. Uh, oh boy. That was brilliant. Can't <laughs> <laughs> see. <laughs> Yeah. I think that's a children's book, that one there, yeah. Well, I don't, well I don't, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to work on a website at the moment. That's about as good as it gets. I, and I do have some, um, I've self-published some things. But I, uh, yeah, I just need to, uh, need to get out there a bit more. Well, as, as all we do. Well, definitely, I mean. Oh yeah, God! No, oh, that was brilliant. Um, so you you were saying you have a website? Do you mind putting that in the chat? Well, it's not it's yeah. not ready yet. I mean, I haven't finished. Oh, it. okay, then don't. Say. Yeah, yeah, then don't. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but I will. Yeah. I will do. Uh, as soon as it's ready, you'll be the first to know. Yeah. Yeah. That that's basically yeah. it. Yes, I've 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 tried to, to get a, a poem for every letter of the alphabet, and I've only got Y and M still to do. That so is definitely a sellable that. thing. If you can if you can wow. put that together, you can sell that to a publisher, no problem. Well, oh, yeah. well, maybe we'll we'll see. We'll see. No, I, I mean it. The combination of the quality of the words and the bloody wonderful illustrations—that's got to be a seller. Oh. Any publisher will be an idiot not to snap it up. I'm very good at doing the writing and very good at doing the uh, the drawing, but I'm not very good at publicising. So. Uh, the usual story. We'll see. Yes, exactly. <laughs> artists. But I do love performing. <laughs> and you do it well. Yeah, I was going to say I think everyone loves you performing. Yeah. Oh, that was that was fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. I don't really want to move on from that, but we're going to. Um, <laughs> must, no, must. say no. I say I don't like saying that because I don't. I, I don't feel that's fair on, on, on whoever follows. Um, you feel very dirty in the morning. <laughs> uh, when do I not? To be honest. Um, yeah, on that stool all night, you're all good. Yeah, so I think anyone can follow what I just said. Now I've I've lowered the tone, so I think anyone can follow what I just said. Um, you don't need to so, it. Yeah. Sorry, AJ, you're up next. 
There we go. Sorry, yeah, I muted myself earlier because um, same, same. You know, there was I was making some noise and I didn't want to, you know, have have it be overheard. So um, that sounds way dodgier than just saying I had to unmute myself earlier because I was noisy. <laughs> um, okay, so this is I'm just gonna. There we go. Okay, so um, I'm going to start by doing some of these. This is a series of very, very short poems called Various Bitters. They're all only four lines long, and I started doing them in August 2019, um, just after Boris Johnson was elected leader of the Tory party and the proroguing of parliament and all that stuff. And I kind of, I was in a, uh, I was in a pretty dark and depressed mood. So these, these, these were an attempt to try and do something that was bitter, but not, not go on about it. So. I've thrown away my lighter, now my lungs are old and yellowing. It's time for a change of lifestyle. Who wants to sell me some heroin? Everything's about, <laughs> everything's about to get expensive, and I'm already broke. I'd write to my elected representative, but Parliament's prorogued. Your secondhand mysticism leaves me snoring. If we're all made of stars, that makes stars boring. <laughs> <laughs> they say no one will love you until you love yourself good news for the insufferable and self-obsessed <laughs> september the towers are blown away the owners institute a temporary measure they say camp x-ray guantanamo bay it's still there today how sure are you that you'll get back the things you give away our faith is ancient, deeply held, and not at all odd. Every week we go to church and eat the gob. Hero's grandson, elder statesman, Tory through and through. I often ask myself, how did the inquiries miss you? You tell me you're proud not to know anyone who isn't safe in cars. All that means is no one thinks you need to be warned who they are. Turmoil offline, online a constant prayer. Please follow, please like, please share. Jobless, starving, destitute, about to lose your home. How comforting it is to know we've taken back control. So yeah, I was I was I was miserable last all you know it's uh yeah, um, I'm gonna do another. I the, sort of doing these almost at random, really. Um, I chose these. I was still choosing these before I was on tonight. To be honest, this is a poem called David Mike Chris Kerry, who all had the same surname. On St John's Day, 1982, a cowboy takes a microphone and says, "I give you my body, baby." A body he wears in an unguarded moment like a suit that does not fit, tried on for size but never grown into. In two years he will die in a Tokyo hotel. A stroke, too much food, or a heart attack. A stash that was or wasn't flushed. In three years one brother will damage his brain. In four years one brother will lose his right foot. In five years one brother will overdose. 
In nine years, one brother will shoot himself. In 11 years, one brother will shoot himself. On St. John's Day, 1982, the cowboy gives his body to the monster and the king of rock and roll. And uh, oh, um, the last two poems, well, no, oh God, I don't, I don't know which one of these to do, actually. One of them is a... Uh, do both. I should write some funnier stuff. These are, these are, these are, <laughs> okay. Um, okay, this one is called The Smiling Animal at His Appointed Hour, um, which is a line from, uh, by Grand Central Station, who sat down and wept, which is, um, where the, the idea for the poem comes from. It's about a girl called Andrea Waddle, um, who was a trans woman who was murdered uh, in the UK. She died alone and he, the man who did it, was grinning as he slithered out the door. Sure he could kill and never be convicted, could lay blame in a jury's eyes on her, convince them all that some red mist descended and he, in shock, in panic, couldn't think beyond his mammal need to be defended. So mind and body acted out of sync, or so he'd claim. No countermanding witness would prove him wrong. The neighbors didn't care. The best turned a blind eye to the business. The worst said loudly, she should not be there. And now she wasn't. He was what they'd wished for, wasn't he? Did what they couldn't? No. Just took it further. His the hands that killed her. There's the eyes that smiling willed it so. Um, that's, uh, that's, that's me doing a minute. Um, yep. uh, I'm thank, thank you. Thank you so much. Cheers. Thanks. Um, so Ken is up next. So we're going to move on to Ken. Hello, folks. Right. Hello, oh, Ken. Me on the screen enormous. We can't have that. Just a second. That's better. <laughs> now, what I have to do is remind my other computer that it's alive. There we go. Okay. Uh, I'm going to do three poems. Uh, my name's Ken. Pronouns he, him. Um, this first poem uh, I've never performed anywhere um, before. It's written for... Um, a friend of ours at Allographic, a fellow poet called Karen Freeborn, who we heard had got cancer and we knew it was going to be bad news, but none of us were ready for the shock of finding out that she just died like that. And it was during the beginning of lockdown, so nobody was even allowed to go to her funeral and we're Can still in shock. And this poem attempts to describe that sense of shock and refusing to understand that it's simply not computing that she's not there anymore. It's called present indicative. It isn't that I cannot find the words. I know them, every one, and how they work. That meek accepting noise they makes familiar and old. But with you, they, they just won't take. My stubborn tongue will not be told and unconsoled refuses to comply, cannot see why it should associate your name with any concept so unmeet, so pale anemic, sickly sweet, 
so plain fucking banal as the past tense. Thank you. Okay. So having started with the death of a friend, um, this poem came out of grief. Although once I'd written it, I realized that it might speak to anyone who perhaps whose, whose mental health and the manifestation of it uh, gives cause for people to react to them in public. This is called Assistance Needed. They're big on rapid throughput here. The staff know they're being watched. So it's fair to say that just right now, the checkout operator's smile, while usable, has passed its recommended best before. The problem's you. It's not like last week when you put the card in backwards, that was easy. Nor those other times you've had to punch your pin in more than once. It's not that you've forgotten what the bastard number is, you use the fucker every other day. It's the keypad. You can't see it because without any warning on this special offer Thursday, your eyes have started filling up. Leaking down your face. And you stand there raiding pockets on the off chance there's a tissue till abandoning all hope and with it anything like dignity, you cut your losses. Go for fists in shirt cuffs like a kid. It gets the job done, mind. Besides, by now you're long past caring, so it comes as some surprise to find in palming your receipt that she's gone all existential on your ass. You look blank. She sighs, repeats, in the special voice reserved for the slow-witted and infirm. Did you find everything you need today? Yes, thanks, you tell her, knowing it's a lie. Because the one thing you do need, they never have here. Someone to hold you while you howl, not let go until the howling's done. Cheers, folks. Um, and I'm going to finish off with something a little less serious. Um, yeah, well, when you get to my age, life becomes increasingly about bloody waiting in doctor's surgeries and going to clinics and having tests for things because things keep failing, you know. And um, this actually happened to me. Uh, this is called semicolonic. I see them at it all the time. They do it in the street, in buses, trains, the doctor's waiting room, on playground rides. One I shan't forget while cycling straight through a red light. That expeditious, ambidextrous, two-thumb texting thing, the necessary knack for which I never could acquire. A single finger prod of me, haltingly at that, worse without my magnifying specs, not that I'm fishing for excuses. Facts are facts. What's done is done. I've sent it now. I meant to do a smiley face signaling relief at the good news, but it's a wink, which given the recipient, he did my colonoscopy, will <laughs> at best look odd. At worst, inappropriately flirty. Thank you. <laughs> That's me done, folks. Thank you all very much. <laughs> Thanks, Kev. That's all right. Oh, that was awesome. Um, 
Okay, so apparently I'm up next. Um, so I've got, oh, hang on. Hey! I mean, I totally would if I had a copy, and like technically oh. I do. On oh, cheaper. So, right. So, so what happened is, like last week, Mark, like from Analog Submission asked for my new address and I thought he meant he was sending them then so I would have them before I came out but um a few people have messaged me today to say oh I'm just getting an email and like the the book's getting sent out today mm-hmm. and then he messaged me tonight to say I've just posted your book so everyone else is going more than likely going to get it before I do mm-hmm. um so let me know what it's like um yeah um so these aren't actually in it these are things that I've written one i've written this week one technically i wrote about two years ago because I, I haven't written recently a lot at all and um, i think I've, this is like two things in a month um so i went back through me memo pad on my phone and this is a really strange poem in a way it's kind of about a tap which is ridiculous um It's called Call It a Habit. At work, there is a bathroom. Two urinals, two stalls, and four sinks, with four taps. For me, though, there is only one sink, one tap, far left and closest to the hand dryer, the only one that I ever use, have done for years now. I don't know why. I suppose it's just the way of things. I guess you can call it a habit. Three weeks ago, the tap broke. My tap at my sink. So now, whenever I finish whatever it is I'm doing in there, and I go to wash my hands, I find myself at the same old sink with the same old, now broken tap. And I know it's broken. I know it won't work. Yet every single time, without fail, my body moves in the same direction, to the same sink and the same broken tap. And every time I laugh and I think, just how human an act this is. Thanks. I don't really think it's about a tap. No, I think about it. I don't think it's about a tap. But that is actually a true story about a tap at work, but it's just hilarious how, like, I don't know. I guess you can look at it in multiple ways. I kind of look at it as just, like, it's just a first draft, but it's probably about, like, unhealthy relationships and how we always just go back and... Mm. We just do what we know and we think that's what we have to do. I don't know. Some shit like that. Um, so this wasn't going to be about what it's about. It was going to be about something else, obviously. Um, <laughs> but it ended up being about my job, which I've probably done for about six weeks out of this year, which for most people would be frustrating, but I fucking hate my job. And I'm getting paid to not be there. This like 2020 globally, pretty grim. For me, like I've won the fucking lottery, if I'm being honest. <laughs> like I'm getting I'm getting paid 80% to sit at home and write. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah. So yeah, I, I don't know. I think if lockdown hadn't happened, I wouldn't be working there anyway. Um I think I was pretty close to uh, I'd been off 
not very well a few times. Um, yeah, so anyway, this is called Time Skip. Fast forward. 14 months on and on my way to the same old job with the same old faces and I can't face it. I want to stop and I want to pull over and I want to stop this car and pull over and pull off this uniform. It's always been ill-fitting at the best of times. But as time goes on, it sits. It sits heavier still on my shoulders. Day by day, I feel it. And when I see that tired blue logo, the logo is a badge. A badge of a burden. I am a bird and I just want to leave this cage and leave it for good. Thanks. Yeah, that's like the, that's the only reason I read it. That's like the that's the only bit. Yeah, but it wasn't supposed to. It wasn't even supposed to be about work. I was just writing it, and then, yeah, I don't know. I haven't even been there for six months, and I I still apparently hate it. Um, but yeah, thanks. I think um, I think there's. I think there may be more going on in that poem than even you realize, Andy. I mean, if if you if you'd like to explain that to me, it's <laughs> yeah, it's just that it's about you know, okay, you've written about a job and uh, a corporate uniform you have to wear, but you know, you've just got to take one step back from that and think about personal identity and roles and gender yeah, and stuff, and you could be somebody saying, "I don't want to be this person anymore. I want to be me," you know. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh no, you're both right. That's exactly what I wrote it about. I'm glad you could work that out. That's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll take that. Yeah. Um, pa Pam, do you want to go next? Sweet. Yay! Sure. Here, let's yes. take this thing out and do the do the thing. Uh, all right, so I have I have an old one that, and actually I did this because of the group. I, I realized when I had this poem that I had, I had gendered it and, and it shut down the audience of it. And so I took the gender out of it and I like it a lot better now. And it was just a tiny tweak, but I want to read it again. Okay, uh, it's called Ignite. It's a, well, you'll, you'll know what it's about. Hide just enough to stay happy. And then imagine you're now X blank flying off the 805 interchange. If they could just miss that turn, veer too close to the right and disappear, peak to concrete ample distance to be crushed or explode. But that's why people get divorced so they can stop imagining the one they used to love dead because that part died somewhere before Barstow. How long to drag the corpse around, embalmed, glazed with Mary Kay, inside the wheelbarrow. Oh. Mm. <laughs> I, 
took the gender out of it because it was like otherwise it was just sort of like about my ex-husband and I felt like it was it could be more of a relatable poem to anyone who's breaking up because it's terrible like I stayed in that relationship a really long time because we were rich people and there was a lifestyle I was accustomed to and I was like afraid to leave that and I don't know once you start imagining your partner dead <laughs> I think it's time to grow up and yeah. say something about it you know <laughs> Um, okay, this, this is another one I want to reread because I did a little, I did a few tweaks and I'm, I'm really hoping it gets in this Lawrence Ferlinghetti anthology that's coming out. Um, he died last year and there's a, a local press called Jambu Press and they were taking submissions. Uh, he, Lawrence Ferlinghetti ran City Lights in San Francisco, really famous poet, beat poet, like ran the bookstore for all the beat poets across the street from Vesuvio all that kind of like 50s, 60s, San Francisco poetry counterculture. So he died, sad face, but Jambu Press is doing this homage to him and people have like made pictures and anyway, so hopefully they choose my poem. Uh, and it's called Breakfast of Youth and it is, um, I took a few lines from his poem, Dog. So, uh, I watch Thor walk his dog in the tenderloin after making it rain. His dog trots freely in the street and sees reality. America, drunks in doorways, ants in holes, pool rooms, and policemen. He doesn't hate cops. Thor stepped in human shit. I mean, he knew it wasn't dog shit. He is a god. A god washing poop off his shoes is still a god. And this wasn't some Jesus thing. I didn't wash his feet. He lifts his shirt. Oh, nearly naked breasts. Your breath, more than 51 degrees, dangles. Is the air. No one ever said I wish it would have happened faster. You are the sprawl in my chest. You are the feeling that makes me believe in a God. It's your world. Show me where to sit. Yes, yes, and always yes. I am your yes. I didn't grow up here like a living question mark, a dog eating the breakfast of youth. All right, well, there's a little poem for you. That's nice there, bud. That's exciting. I have, I have one more that's like embarrassing. I, I, I haven't read it out loud yet because I almost feel like it's just it's one of those ones that you like have a connection with yourself and then you're like, this is not good. This is not, but it's therapeutic, but you're like, is this, this isn't. Anyways, I'm going to read it for you anyways, because I trust all of you. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Uh, this is called Crawl. Oh. The hug is never long enough. I want to crawl across your youth. If I get close enough, maybe it will rub off. If I could crawl inside your skin, and now I'm the creepiest one at the party, where every day is Halloween, and, I'm wear and wearing a skin suit is cool now. We'll be tourists in the zombie apocalypse. The streets are empty. What a pretty day to do drugs. We can see the sights. Crawl through the marina, scream, fire, danger, stay inside your homes. All this sunshine is for us the selfish, my favorite opportunists. I crawl across your youth 
cut myself with your nipples so hard you're chiseled smooth indulging this okay i'm done <laughs> that's not in the phone that's just me it ends with indulging thank you guys for letting me read yay that was awesome and um, so cool um are we cool with everyone if we take a break now for like 10 minutes is that cool yep good sweet so after the break we have Jeff Dezira here to do Yay, some Yay, Jeff Dezira, Jeff Dezira, yay! Yes. He's do great. I've known him for years. Knows. I've known him for years. Like oh, when I first sick. started doing um, poetry open mics here in San Francisco, uh, there was a place called Amnesia, and he would play all the time all yep. of his songs. We became really good friends. We, he was he was on the scene, man, like on the poetry, like music scene in San Francisco like 12 years ago. Buddy. Yeah. Well, we'll play after the uh, play after the break. Yeah. Sweet. That's awesome. Yay. So, um, so if we come back at like ten past nine or ten past whatever it is over there. What what is it over there? Like one o'clock in the afternoon? Yeah, it's one. It's one o three here at Mutiny Radio. MutinyRadio.fm from .sf. Yeah, we'll be back here <laughs> with more poetry. Sweet. Choose poetry. Cool. Choose life from Scotland with Andy Talbot. We don't know where Erin Gannon is, but I'm sure she's great, wherever she is. <laughs> yeah, she, she's working. She had, to, she had to go do some work. Good for her. Hope she's being safe, wearing so, a mask. <laughs> I'm gonna ask everyone to unmute. You don't have to, um, but I'm just gonna be away from the phone.
Uh, hey, we've been listening to Cope, and she's amazing. In this break, I am going to put in, I wish I had one of Jeff DeZero's CDs, but he's going to be singing in just a bit live on Choose Poetry, Choose Life here at Mutiny Radio. But some of the people we used to hang out with back in the day, uh, one of the groups is called Conbrio, and they are amazing. Uh, this is their album from the hip. It's super old. And they are getting big, and they've been doing amazing things uh, here in the city and beyond. So uh, please enjoy Conbrio. We're going to be right back. Choose Poetry, Choose Life with Jeff Dezira. Everything considered, I think I'm lucky to be here. Why do my good reactions always seem to interfere with the butt of my life? Someone call the doctor, think I'm sick beyond repair. I don't need no medicine, I just need a little care. So...
think so. Gypsy's tale All written out inside The way Of my voice On many moons All with different hues They just lit the way A sick came and went too soon
we're back. We were just listening to Con Brio. Uh, they're amazing. And then now on Choose Poetry, Choose Life, we have guest musician Jeff Tazira, which is so exciting. So help. we're back. That would definitely help. Um, <laughs> there we go. Sorry about that. <laughs> okay. There we go. Got ya. All right, really. Okay. Um, um, wow. Uh, there's some people are reading some really great work, and it's uh, it's always really scary playing music around such great writers because you know song structure and writing work so much differently. So, um, but anyways, uh, everyone's yeah. But Jeff, we know that it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> it's a song. Well. <laughs> Kind of a disclaimer, um, you know, but uh, um, Pam, Pam, I'm not sure, but I, I'm not sure, but I think I think Lawrence Ferlinghetti is still alive at 101. No, no, he died last year. He died in like 2019, like April of 2019 or something. It was super recent. Oh, geez. yeah. Okay. Sad face. Sorry. He was like 90 yeah. something though. He was absolutely old as the hills. Yeah, <laughs> I used to work in a bicycle shop in uh, um, in the Mich in Valencia, cyclery, yeah. and and he wanted to sit on a bicycle, so I held the front <laughs> handlebars while he just so he just he's like I'm too old to ride it now. I just want to sit on it. Thank you. 
called Shake Off the Rain, and I'm working on a, uh, well, yeah, I'm finishing up a record um, um, called Summer to Fall. <clears throat> anyway. Thank you. 
came to me as if in a dream <laughs> and um actually uh yeah part of it was actually it kind of came to me in a dream actually really and then i woke up and then i had to run home and write things down and <laughs> i was like oh yeah I, should, I, I don't want to forget it because you know how when you dream things if you don't write it down right away sometimes you forget but well anyway i kind of came up with that I means of the yacht by the highway, just a few hundred miles from San Francisco to LA. I wanna talk about the old days, things that made us upset. What do this mean? Just a few hundred miles from San Francisco to LA. What came here to tell you? I'm off in that pasture And there's no one to talk to So why won't you just listen? And nobody knows what I said to you Or the effort I put in And nothing got through There's only one more I think about it every day. Yeah, I've been driving for miles, and I don't know why. I'm running it on empty, and the lights pass me by. There's no one to save me. They can't fix yesterday. I'm driving this three on a tree. It's carrying my thoughts in me. Regarding this family, why won't you just listen? There's so much gotta know. Yeah, I've been searching high and low. Conversations are Consider life as a 
Thanks. Love the special effect. <laughs> Yeah, I, I recently, I, I, uh, three, three days ago, I moved out of San Francisco. I'm across the bay now. So uh, after 23 years, I'm in Vallejo now. <laughs> Let's see, I have, uh, I have one more. And, um, uh, I got on a film soundtrack last year for uh, a, uh, a romantic comedy and called uh, The Way We Weren't. So it's on Amazon. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I got three songs in the film. Pretty well. Like a, and a, this one, you might they use this one. I probably played it at Amnesia when you were there. But, uh, but um, anyway. Um, I'm standing on the stage again. Roses bloom in my head. Behind your curtains, I believe you. Standing on the stage again. Placing bets on Wednesday night again. Behind your curtains, I believe you. She's moving on to New York Just to be gone on Broadway's So talk to me before you go So much that I want to know You're not the one that you'll be thinking of no convincing you to stay or not to find another way. Maybe reaching out to save the world. She's going on to New York just to meet our bodies.
links to your music that you'd like to put in the chat uh yes i should do that um please also I, i'm i'm still off work over here um so i'm totally gonna watch that film tomorrow morning <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, yeah um uh i was pretty happy with how how the film came out because i was kind of worried like okay how are they going to you know use the songs and you know yeah that um great. thank you beth <laughs> and uh yeah it's uh I, i'm i'm it's it was actually really funny <laughs> but, I'm, uh, i'll definitely check it out yeah so the movie that jeff Dezira's music is in is called the way we weren't and you can stream it live now on amazon prime and you can find him <laughs> at jeff Dezira. You, you probably have all the social medias are you like at jeff Dezira on instagram and facebook and all that or uh, Instagram, um, on, uh, so it's Jeff Desire Music on Instagram, um, and, uh, you know, uh, I have a, still need to work on my website, it's jeffdesire.com, um, I'm also, um, on Spotify, on SoundCloud, YouTube, um, and, um, pretty much all the digital things, you know, Spotify, you can hear my music anywhere, and, um, yeah, Yay. that's awesome, sweet, no, thank you, I really enjoyed that, like, as soon yeah. like I think about 40 seconds into the first song I was like whenever if I if I go out driving tomorrow I'm listening to this music like yeah straight away I was like oh, yeah uh, I'll definitely be checking it out thanks so much yeah I'm I'm, uh, I'm really <laughs> um okay so we have well we don't really have a time limit because we just do what we want here don't we um <laughs> so we're gonna do a bit of like i know it's an open mic event but we're gonna do like open mic open mic mm-hmm. and now my list disappeared cool okay so flavius had to leave um so the first person that's on my list is ken so we're gonna jump over to ken hey. hello folks uh right um just a sec gallery view gallery. there we go okay um now, I won't need to tell some people here any of this information, but just for the benefit of those who may be, uh, who may not be of our generation, um, in 1966, Bob Dylan released a career-defining double album called Blonde on Blonde, and the whole of side four of that album was taken up with one incredible 11-minute love song called Sad-Eyed Lady of the Lowlands. And this poem is called Blonde on Blonde, side four. In spite of never having tried to learn it, you find yourself word perfect on sad-eyed lady of the lowlands, the whole 11 minutes 22. 
and where you are right now, huddled back against the wall between the speakers. The only thing you're good for is to hug your drink, play the track, do it on a loop, ride the keening chorus fade out, lift the arm off, arc it over, set it down again to sleek, seek the slick black vinyl's spiral, be drawn inward, let the diamond sing. Images bear no relation to your case, the fact of her. How could they? Still, this is it. This, the song, the only song, the only one that works. Thank you, folks. Thank you, Ken. So next up is AJ, and if anyone else would like to read, just drop a message in the chat, please. Okay. Um, I'm going to do two more. Um, so this is kind of like a prose poem. This is I wrote I wrote a novella a couple of years ago, and this is um, this is the the first prologue to it. Um, there's there's bits of the, the novella I'm not happy with now, but this is one of the bits that I am happy with. Um, yeah, I I got married 14 years ago. Um, I'm not now, um, and I went to with my, my wife and I went to uh, New York and San Francisco for a honeymoon. And this was kind of I was I was going to do this in the first half, and then I thought maybe not. And then something about Pan's poem. Um, the, the, the Lawrenceville and Getty City Lights poem made me want to do it, so this is just called Honeymoon. He hates the screen on the back of the camera, the new one they bought for this holiday, this honeymoon. He stands by a lighthouse under a grey Pacific sky and tries to smile. She shows him the screen. He looks too much of a schlub in this hoodie, these baggy combats. He looks like the light hurts his eyes in every picture. He can't even defer his disappointment till the photos are developed. He used to travel alone, went to Paris on his own like the girl in that Tori Amos B-side, Bachelorette. And the first time he went to New York, he was alone. He never photographed himself, just Wilde's grave, Isadora Duncan's clap, ground zero. He remembers walking down a street in Paris, looking at a poster for some porno comics exhibition stuck in a shop window, a woman with long nails standing in a wrestler's crouch and catching sight of his own reflection behind it. Stubble, almost beard. He looked like a tramp, tried to step aside, get out of his own way. In the wedding photos, cutting the cake, they both look amazing. She does, of course, with her white dress and her hair up, smiling with all of her face. And him with the long hair and suit that makes him look like a lesbian, like this is some kind of butch femme deal, and maybe convention dictates they should both be in suits for a lesbian wedding, but screw that, life is too short for femme phobia, and who says dykes can't get married in dresses, huh? He loves looking at that photo. On their first night in New York, he watches a cartoon on the hotel room TV while she showers. Lying on the impossibly huge American bed, he watches a child molester in a dress sing a parody of a song from Little Shop of Horrors. He doesn't know why exactly, but this cartoon makes him feel unbearably sad. He seems so lonely, the man singing on the TV. Even the audience are meant to see him as a joke, a sick joke. 
Are you all right? She asks him, toweling her hair. I'm fine, he answers. Just tired. And... <coughs> And um, so I also said I, I, I should write more happy poems. This isn't exactly a happy poem, but it is a funny one. Um, I've been on the verge of doing this a couple of times here, and I just thought I'd do it now. So this is, um, this is called Specially Formulated for Sensitive Skin. If I'm ever in the shower and you hear me scream, I'm not in a Hitchcock movie. I'm just covered in a cream with a name that sounds the same as the baddie in Watchmen chemically burning off the hairs on my bottom. If you give me a V and two E's and a T, you've got <laughs> doing this to me, produced by Beckett Renkeser, a chemical giant, specially designed to test how long I stay defiant after spraying it on everywhere except my bits and the jawline which surrounds the teeth. I'm going to have to grit as I look at the clock on the bathroom wall and watch the second hand begin to make its Sisyphean crawl as it goes round once. It goes round twice, and for almost two whole minutes, I assume I'll be all right until it starts to itch at first and then begins to sting. I want to rub it off me, but I don't dare touch a thing. At three minutes, I'm wondering if I can't, if I can take much more. The directions on the can so you can scrape it after four, but I want to leave it longer, so I come out really clear. So I leave it on for five, and then I start to get the fear. Was I measuring the seconds right? What time did I start spraying? Maybe it's been that's why I'm in pain. If I leave it on too long, I know I put myself at risk, like the time I burned the skin right off the tip of my right tip. But what if it's been less time on? Am I just being soft? Cis women can take this stuff. I look up at the clock. Oh, crap. It's been on too long now. It's way past minute six. I need to scrape and shower now before I have to kiss goodbye to skin that doesn't sting and say hello to Vera. The need to turn the shower on has never been clearer, but as I run the water and the scraper starts to glide, I know that as the cream falls to the floor, I'll start to slide around the bath like Bambi's mum before the hunt Cream and the death will do no harm, but it feels like a mud wrestling in a vat of pure napalm. <laughs> and hair might not be fatal, but it sure as hell. I haven't even got around to mentioning the smell. <laughs> Finally, as I imagine I'm about to drop, I look down at my body and it's all, well, mostly off. I wash it down the plug hole and I rinse it off my feet, and as I leave the bath, I frown and whisper weakly. Neat. I've had enough of this. We're done. I'll see you later. I'm going down the shops tonight to buy an epilator. <laughs> also not a good decision, but that's a different story. <laughs> Beth, are you okay to do one? Is Beth muted? Yeah. Okay, thumbs up. Sweet. Harry, women for the win. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no problem, I've got is not choking, really. <laughs> um, I jokingly said I'd take the quest, but <laughs> I kind of will because I'm not quite sure what. I really like the, the poem about kneeling that you do. 
Okay. Right, let's have a look for that. I've been copying everything up, can't find anything. Actually, I will read, if you want me to read Neil, I will read Neil and then because I'm going to use my companion piece to what came with it. Bidden by Neil. Taking my position of submission, raise my arms, lower my head. Pray. Feel the pressure in my skin, whispering breath on my chest. Pray. Kneeling because I choose to make myself open. Ask for mercy. Protesting, he kneels, making his position loud in the silence of neon turf. Are the echoes of years, the voices of generations dismissed, the pressure of shackles? Kneeling because sometimes action requires stopping. Restraining, he kneels. His position as a loaded gun. I do not like the way you pray. Kneeling on another, that you cannot hear his cries. How can you say you didn't? The resonance, however fading, echoes in your bones. And now in mine. My kneeling resounds with cries for mercy. The breath on my chest is ragged. This position of submission was meant as a choice and not a weapon. Standen. He will never know. His position, never submission, holding court in denigration of the word in which he hides tear gas and rubber bullets. He doesn't care what land is holy. He barely sees himself. Pray. Take your knee off my brother. Let another take the knee. Let us remember that mercy is a place of equals for all to take a breath. Pray. Ken, Ken read a poem for our most beloved friend. Um, in the bloody aftermath of her death, literally within 24 hours, I wrote a six stanza spitting Sestina with which I then learn is a golden shovel. You didn't know Karen and you should have done, but she was covered in tattoos and lots of them were Cohen. And I had this stupid thought that about midnight, the day she died going, oh, she wrote Sistina with Cohen as the end word. So I did. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but that hasn't gone to her partner and her children yet. So I'm very deliberately not not reading that one until, well, maybe not ever, but certainly not until Chris and Jude and Gabe have seen it. But I did write this, and it's for the champion. 
because she was our champion. If you ever needed somebody on your side as a writer, it was her. And Faye had said, somebody said, we, what we need is a fucking Viking wake. And we were like, yes, more fire. That would be great. Yes. <laughs> Bonfires, whiskey. It's all good. Get it in. So this is champion. We are raw. Our faces chafed by salt, lungs taut, throats choked, yet we stand, hilltop over where you lie. I can see us, a line of those in grief who counted you friend and teacher, conspirator, mentor, but all of everything in deepest shining light. Like you did. Pride from your face like twinkling lights, burning into us your belief in our capacity for power, as you have. Never doubt that you were fire, darting truth tongue, firm foot stamp, direct drink, damp, disturb. We will be your archers, bows drawn with arrows flaming, fire our burning words, Shout you loud enough, so you rest as brightly as you will. Look her up. Listen to her. Re listen to her reading. Um. Yeah. Just, I dropped her Facebook, her pro Facebook in the chat earlier on. She was hilarious and bananas, and we miss her very much. We do. We do. I'm going to put a link to something in the chat. <laughs> yeah, she. <laughs> it's just so bloody. She freaking hates it. Yeah. What are you doing? Work, fuck, and off would be. Uh, <laughs> oh, so loud. So loud. She's just, she just like, what? She was, he was loudly, proudly, profanely autistic and she would she was like she was the best she's the, like the best editor ever because there's no bullshit i would send stuff and she'd go that's shit you can do better than that. <laughs> <laughs> or she would go <laughs> that's what or you she need would say that's really great i really like that idea develop that bit over there more or yeah see where you're going but it's not great you, you can do more and because there was never any artifice was there with her, she if she didn't like it, you knew. But if she really liked it, then you knew that too. And it was, um, I said to her, what are you going to do? And she's like, I'm going to keep, she was writing some really, really dark fruit analogy poetry. <laughs> she's like, I'm going to keep writing the fruit and I'm going to send it to you, what each of you to add a graphic to read. And I was like, go, okay then. 
Um, that that didn't happen. She was also planning a recovery ink, which obviously isn't going to happen, but it's at least it's not going to happen to Karen. I think there are going to be several people around and about who are going to be doing that soon. And what was her title? What can you remember? What her title was? A R U. She no. taught creative writing and something sorry, else at Anglia Ruskin in Cambridge. Um, and she just her students used to come to Allographic, mm. like occasionally, and she was so proud of them, and she was so excited when they came and 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 shared their work with us, and but she would also. You know, and they just thought she was so cool. It was a joy. It was a real joy to see that they had such a lot of love for her. All right. Well, um, it's two o'clock, so I have to disengage this beautiful, every single one gets better than the last. They just keep getting better. The poetry frog of truth was on his toadstool, and we all had a great <laughs> reading i'm so happy everyone's work Very today nice was great i I'm, i literally was crying i literally had to wipe tears out of my face i didn't even meet your friend but i was touched so touched by your homages at the end thank you everybody i can't wait for next week and um choose poetry choose life yay oh it's not the last for you I guys saw. but i have to go okay okay Thanks, Bob. You keep going. Everything considered, I think I'm lucky to be here. Why do my good reactions always seem?